the gravitational center of your family uh, needs to be God and that everyone and everything needs to orbit around God. That Because if the children are the gravitational center of your family and marriage universe, then when they launch, everything just flies out of orbit. All right, welcome to the Real Marriage Podcast. Grace was supposed to introduce oh, this gosh. one. <laughs> We're just gonna be real. She tagged me in though. So it's Pastor Mark here. He's gifted in introductions. <laughs> <laughs> Well, then you can do the ad read, best friend. And the, if you would love to leave uh, your review for the podcast, wherever you find your podcast, that would be great. So, honey, why don't you read this one and then we'll jump into the last episode in this season. This one says, mind transforming, overwhelmed by this podcast's blessing. Wow. We stumbled upon this podcast over a year ago, right when I started my own healing journey from a broken past. This podcast has aided in my own demonic deliverance, and I have related much of my experiences as a wife, along with my past, with Mark's wife, Grace. I look up to them so much, and we haven't even met. Thank you, Jesus, for sending these people virtually into our life. All right, there you go. You get a digital hug. (laughs) Everyone says, I really like Grace. Hey, if you would like to write a review about how awesome Mark is and how... He's just your new digital best friend. Grace uh, wouldn't be Grace without Mark being Mark. <laughs> they always like you better, but that's okay. I mean, you know, I signed up for a lifetime supply of Grace, so I understand. All right. In this uh, season of episodes, we're talking about seasons of marriage. We dealt with uh, the single years before you're married. Then we dealt with the dating and engagement years. And then we dealt with the newly married years and then the kids. Mm -hmm. This will be the last season. And the the big scripture for this season is Ecclesiastes 3, that there's a time and a season for everything. And sometimes what works in one season doesn't work in the next. What's a priority in one season isn't a priority in the next. And the key as a married couple is to just accept and acknowledge and agree upon when seasons in life and marriage have transitioned and then make the adjustments to have a healthy marriage in that next season. I'm not a fan of change, but if I don't embrace it and figure out the tools for the next season, then I actually get into more trouble. All right, we can talk about that because do I like or not like change? You like it. I like change. (laughs) It is my love language. I like things new and different and experimentation and try something different. That's why I... I kept breaking my Jeep and I finally sold it. I finally just gave it away. <laughs> I, I just like to keep making modifications and pushing things. And and, and ultimately, I, I'm all about change. You, though? But you're 100% committed to me, which I'm yeah, super no, thankful for. No, I'm not for. changing my girl. I'll change my Jeep, but I won't change my girl. How about you? You're very, very different. And I think this is common in a lot of marriages. One is One person is like, change, change, change. The other is like, consistency, consistency, consistency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, as I dug into some of my past stuff, it was definitely related to fear and insecurity um, that change came, when change would come, I felt like I didn't have any um, ability to deal with it. And so I felt very incapable. And that wasn't you. That was my um, from just from my past childhood and everything. And so for me, I had to really learn not that I have to embrace change as like, oh, my gosh, I'm so excited. But but literally go, OK, this is Lord, this different. is what you have next, Lord. Then I need to trust you in this season as well, just like I trusted you to get me through the the last season. So yeah, I think in these later years um, that we're going to be talking about the empty nesters, um, we have 
experience this to some degree because we We're have halfway two kids. there. We yes. have two kids that are married, one, one in, in college, college and two in high school. So the college student is sometimes at home and sometimes at college. So we're exactly halfway through. <laughs> we are halfway through. And what we're seeing, we're uh, now uh, 50 years of age, which is crazy. Our first date was March 12th, 1988. We were 17 years of age. Yeah. It has been a long time. Thanks mm -hmm. for staying in the saddle <laughs> through the whole rodeo, best friend. Mm -hmm. But um, but what we're seeing, sadly, with some people that we know, and, and, so, and even Christian families, marriages in crisis, and or imploding as the kids are launching. Yeah. And the reason for this is the gravitational center of your family uh, needs to be God. Mm -hmm. And that everyone and everything needs to orbit around God. Mm -hmm. That Because if the children are the gravitational center of your family and marriage universe, then when they launch, everything just flies out of orbit. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, what we see tragically is family systems that seem to work as long as children are present. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is absolute cataclysmic apocalyptic crisis uh, when the kids are launching. And, and this can look like a couple of different things. Number one, the parents won't let the children grow up. They're overly meddling, overly parenting, maybe overly involved. Maybe. Yeah. And they're like, you're still our baby. You're still our kid. Mm -hmm. You know, just because you got married and left home doesn't mean that we're not going to treat you like you're seven. Mm -hmm. It's a different season. Yeah, that's unfortunate. What also can happen as well is um, then you are constantly dragging your grown children back into your marriage strife and conflicts. Mm -hmm you know, we're fighting and now you're confiding in your children and you're pulling them back into the marital conflict and or you start demanding grandkids. <laughs> True or false, we like babies. Love babies. We love babies. We love kids. Kids are, Bible says they're a blessing and we absolutely believe that. We didn't accidentally have five. <laughs> we love kids. But if the only thing that holds the marriage together is a child, then when the child marries and leaves, unhealthy, dysfunctional parents will start putting inordinate demands on a grandbaby because what they're saying is our marriage only works with an idol mm. and our idol moved. Mm -hmm. And so we need our idol to make us a new idol. Yeah. So again, that goes back to priorities, godly man or woman, godly marriage, godly family parenting, and then in this phase, it brings you back to see whether or not you're actually a godly man or woman. Because if you're a godly man or woman, you want what God wants. You want your kids to love and walk with Jesus and, have and a be healthy married. marriage and live their life. Yes, and have their your grandkids do the same. And in order to do that, everybody has to take their own journey with the Lord and be directed by the Lord. And when you let go of them to get into marriage and whatever their life has for them, we should just always celebrate when our kids are walking with the Lord and doing what God has called them to do, even if it's not in our, you know. It's not what we wanted, exactly. would have wanted for them. And part of it is too, your kids are going to make mistakes and, mm -hmm. and you did. Yeah. And you need to give them the freedom to do that. I mean, our God is a God of grace yes. and grace is needed because we don't always get it right the yes. first time. And so, you know, sometimes parents will overly involve themselves. They're like, well, we need to be involved and we need to know what's going on. And we need to make the decisions for or with this young couple. It's like, actually, you're creating a dysfunctional mm -hmm. marriage for yourself and for them. Mm -hmm. 
that they need to be a couple. They need to figure out their own decisions. They need to work through their issues. They need to sometimes make mistakes and figure it out. Well, but then the focus out. too, when you're empty nesters, can go back even more. You've done the work of raising the blessings that God has given you. And now you have more time and money to go back into the marriage and continue on that friendship, that relationship, building it to be a flourishing, fun marriage. If you do it right, when your kids leave, it should be, we have more time together yeah, and we have money for better dates. Yep. Because exactly. when you're first married, you're brokety broke, broke. Yeah. We were in college and had no money. The dollar movie with 50 cent popcorn was like a stretch for us. We saved up <laughs> and we would go, we would go get a 99 cent slice of pizza, yes. pizza pipeline. Yes. This was in our college town. I ate so much pizza from there. We graduated a while ago, but the number is 509-332-1111. I think that's the <laughs> phone number for Pizza Pipeline. I called it so many times. I don't even know the birthdays of our children, <laughs> but I know the number for Pizza Pipeline. I should Pipeline. have planned it on the Pizza Pipeline number. <laughs> so was, our big date night was a dollar movie theater and yeah. a 99 cent slice of pizza. Now we go on good dates yeah we can go out to better meals we yeah. can rack up frequent flyer miles and go yeah. to nice places and the kids aren't little which means we can go and we don't have to take them with us yeah so we the key is to love and enjoy every season of life yes and every season has its own difficulties mm -hmm. and its own wonderful blessings so to hold your baby is a sacred moment yes. to watch your kids grow up is incredible. Uh, all the years we spent at T-ball and Little League mm -hmm. games are life-changing and sacred. Watching Ashley run in track meets with her uh, glasses on and her ponytail <laughs> so she looked like uh, the world's fastest librarian, uh, I'll always cherish. But then when they go to college and they get their own friends and independence and their, their own relationship with the Lord, it's important. And then mm -hmm. Once they get married and they fall in love and they're setting up their own family and household, that's sacred to behold. Yeah. And, and each season is good and blessed, but you just need to accept when the seasons transition. And there's actually a bit of a grieving, not like a death grieving, but it's a, a transition a transition and it's grieving what the blessings that you had are not going to be the same. So you're grieving a bit of a loss of some of the memories that were when they were younger, but it's a blessing to go into the next season. And so you're not sitting there, you know, bawling your eyes out for years. It's just, it's, it, it, there's a sadness to it, I guess, even though you're rejoicing in what God is doing in their, their next season of their life. Um, and so for me, because I invested, you know, and still invest as a life. mom, my yeah. whole life, every hour, every minute, it's just different when they launch and I love it. And I'm so thankful that they have spouses that love and adore them and they get to have their own friendships and marriages. But there's a sadness because it's, it's a transition for me that I'm not needed in the same ways, but there's a rejoicing because then I'm more available to you and I'm available in different ways to them for wisdom when they ask. And I'm, I'm there to, you know, let them cry on my shoulder now and <laughs> in a different way than they did when they were little. So there is, it's okay to be sad. It's just don't stay stuck there because we need to see what God is doing and, and be thankful. And then it does expose whether or not, you know, you and I, husband and wife have a relationship at all in that moment when the kids are, 
are gone. Well, and it's tragic when a lot of couples, they're like, we're just going to stay together until the kids graduate and then yeah. we know it's over. Yeah. I mean, that that is devastating it to hear. Is. And yeah, there are things that are sacred windows of opportunity that you need to avail yourself to them. I mean, our three boys played baseball. We've spent... Yeah, it's over. <laughs> I, I don't know how many thousands of hours of baseball games. And our youngest son has got a couple seasons left. Yep. And then he'll hang up his cleats. And we won't be going to games until or unless someday... Grandkids. Grandkids, yeah. you know. <laughs> um, but it is also not just looking back saying... I, because what we tend to do, we tend to look back and we tend to take one of those seasons of life or marriage or child raising that we most enjoyed and we try to freeze that mm, forever. Yeah. And the truth is we need to let the children grow up. We need to let the marriage grow up. We need to let the seasons transition. We need to be very grateful for the things that we enjoyed in the past. And then we need to start to look forward to what we have in the future. Yeah. Make your memory albums and look back and laugh and be thankful for those moments, but move on to the next Every one. once in a while, just for my soul, I have to just go, I've got all the photos on yes, my laptop. and the videos you and took crazy, hours I, of. <laughs> I, I, I was the video everything dad mm. way before, you know, we had convenient phones. <laughs> and I sometimes I just need to go back and see the kids when they're little yeah. and see the photos. I'll get emotional talking about it. <laughs> you know, and those were super sacred yeah but now they're married and now yeah. they serve See, there's jesus sadness to it and that's there okay is, but it's uh but it's beautiful but as you look forward there's so much joy yes and things to look forward to yes and so but if we didn't have if i if you and i didn't have you know a real relationship with the lord like i don't just we don't just believe in the lord like we like him <laughs> you know like i believe in I believe in the IRS. <laughs> but I don't like it. I don't like them. You know? <laughs> they take my money. <laughs> <laughs> so I believe in the Lord, but I, I like the Lord. Yes. And I love the Lord, but I like the Lord. And yes. I like being with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I like you. I mm -hmm. love you. I like mm -hmm. you. I, and so if I have you in the Lord, um, I have what I need to be a healthy person and yeah. to enjoy the future. Yes. And for a lot of the couples that, what I'm saying, I guess, to those older parents or grandparents don't be selfish and demand that your children live in a life stage that you would prefer um, don't make it all about you let it be about them and don't try and duct tape together your broken marriage by breaking their marriage yep and sometimes it's not until your kids grow up and launch and leave home that you realize, you know what, we probably need to go talk to a pastor or counselor. Maybe we have some unhealthy habits mm -hmm. or maybe we've got some bitterness or resentment or some yeah. disappointment or hurt, or maybe we don't even know each other. Yeah. Maybe you were so busy mom raising the kids and I was so busy dad putting bread on the table that we really didn't cultivate our friendship. We're yeah. not really as close or as warm as we should be. And what we don't need to do is meddle in our kids' life or demand that they give us grandkids to keep us distracted. Maybe this is time where we really just heal up and focus on our friendship. Yeah, we don't need a new spouse. We need a new, a new relationship with the, with the old spouse. spouse. Yeah. yeah. And, and so yep. if you do it right, the couples that we know that really have built a relationship with Jesus and each other, as their kids launch, I mean, they're close. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was one couple friend of ours and the day that their last child launched and moved out, they cried, they prayed over him, they sent him. Mm -hmm. And then they went on a trip. They, they literally <laughs> had their bags packed and they got on an airplane and they went on an exotic vacation yeah. together. And they're like, you know what? 
our child is starting their new season of their life. And we, we had the heart funeral. We miss them. Um, but we're starting our new season of our life. And so it's not enough to just sit around and say, let's talk about the past or demand that the kids be the center of our life. Mm -hmm. What do we want to have as a relationship? What do we want to make for memories? What do we want to do for adventures together? Yeah. Psalm 92 says they still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there's no unrighteousness in him. So we don't stop living after our kids leave. There's more fruit. And we don't stop dating and we don't stop no. pursuing and learning. There's more growing. fruit. There's more serving. There's more enjoyment. Um, there's also more grief that comes with, you know, those years as well. But it doesn't have to be the end of your marriage, the end of your life. It just, it needs to be a transition into a new season. And we want to encourage you in that, that um, if you are in this season of life where you're empty nesters, you can you can come to a place of rejoicing in that and you can connect in a way that in this season you couldn't connect in other seasons. And if you're not an empty nester, you say, how does this apply to me? The decisions you're making today will yes. determine what kind of marriage you have when your house is empty yes. and it's just the two of you. Yes. And if you're not investing in your relationship with the Lord and each other as your top two and highest priorities, what you are doing is you are not putting any investments in those accounts. And when the kids leave, it's going to be a big withdrawal and you're going to be bankrupt in your relationship with the Lord and your spouse. Make a plan in the beginning for what you want your marriage to look like in the end and then live that backwards. So, and, and just think about it. If you don't do that, all the pressure that you're putting on your kids and your grandkids and those young marriages. Yeah. And oftentimes it is, well, you know, I need to do X, Y, and Z or be available or tolerate a certain pain threshold from the parents because if I don't, you know, they're going to get divorced. Their marriage is going to implode. My yeah. mom's going to have a nervous breakdown. My dad's going to run off on my it's mom. Really hard on the it's kids. like those are burdens that should never yeah. go on the child and they shouldn't be torn between saving their marriage and saving your marriage. Yeah. They should know that you're responsible for saving your marriage and they're responsible for saving their marriage. I was talking to one of our kids. Uh, recently, um, and their parents filed for divorce and they're Christians. Mm -hmm. And it was a shock to them. They didn't see it coming. And I won't divulge any details or which kid or anything like that. But I looked at him and I said, uh, I said, how do you, you know, how's your friend processing this? He said, well, he's always feared this because the mom and the dad just kind of stuck together for the kids. And now that the mm -hmm. kids are getting older, the mom and dad don't want to be together. Yeah. And I, I, I looked at this child of ours and I said, do you have any concerns or fears about me and your mom? Because mm -hmm. if there's any concerns or fears in them, I need to pull that out of them. Yeah. I don't want them carrying that. Otherwise, when they go to make a college decision or a career decision or a job decision, you know, in their heart is, you know, if I, if I do what I need yeah. to do to be healthy, am I going to crater my parents? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't want any of that burden on our children. Mm -hmm. It's not their burden to bear. And uh, this kid laughed very loud. Mm -hmm. They're like, no, you and mom will be fine. <laughs> They're like, you guys love Jesus. You love each other. You're yeah. friends. You have fun together. They said, we don't worry about that with That's you and good. mom. And I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to keep asking because I need to make sure that that burden is not on you and you're not sensing or carrying that because life is hard enough. Mm-hmm. And to bear the burden for your parents is an unreasonable burden to bear. Yep. And so if you are a younger couple, we've talked about seasons of life and marriage. And if you don't make these transitions, then what could or should be the best years of your life can become some of the most uh, brutal years of your life. 
instead of saying, hey, we're married, we like each other, we love Jesus, we paid off some of our debt, we go on better dates, we have more time and energy, uh, we can be unselfish and available to invest in the kids and help them with the grandkids. Instead, you're fighting, you're getting a divorce, you're getting attorneys involved, yeah. you're splitting all of your assets, you're creating very awkward holidays and memories, and and then you gotta figure out what your future looks like, and then kids are, you know, grandkids are born and put into it. And if that's your situation, there is grace for you and God loves you and we're sorry for you and we grieve with you, but our hope, prayer and goal would be, let's prevent that as much as we can. Mm, yes. And let's start as early as we can to reverse engineer life and have, you know, 85 years of age, faithfully mm. married, debt Amen. paid off, loving Jesus, holding hands and hanging out with grandkids or great grandkids to help the next generation have a healthy marriage That's and good. family. Yep. And, uh, and I, I tend to live in the future. You're mm -hmm. very practical. You tend to live in the present. So we're better together. Mm -hmm. Um, but as you're thinking about seasons, my encouragement to you would be something that Soren Kierkegaard, the Danish Christian philosopher once said, he said, we should uh, see life forward and live life backward. Mm. That's a paraphrase. Look down the road. Where do you want to be? and then architect your marriage life, family relationship with God and spouse. So when that day comes, you're best positioned for that best case scenario at the end. Mm, I, love that. I love you, friend. I want to get there. And yep. we're praying for all of you. Yes. And we do care. And uh, if you've got any questions, send them in to hello at realfaith.com. Maybe we could answer those in a future episode. And uh, honey, maybe if you could just close this season with prayer for mm. those couples who have given us the honor of being involved. Amen. Dear Lord, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you um, for the opportunity to speak life into these marriages. Lord, we know that you want good for these marriages and these people that are listening. I pray that they would seek you first and that they would prioritize the order that you've given us of you, our spouse, and our kids. Um, and Lord, we just, we want wisdom in our own marriage. We want wisdom for these marriages. But Lord, I, I just want to speak life over these people that are listening, that the enemy's lies can be so loud and so um, evil in marriages. So I just, I want to pray truth over them. I want to pray that they would be in your word to see your plan for their marriage and that they would listen in their time of prayer um, with you to what direction you want their marriage to take. Lord, if they're in a hard spot right now, I pray that this would just be an opportunity to address that. And if they need help beyond um, just being able to have a conversation, Lord, that they would seek that together. Um, Lord, pray healing over these marriages, pray life over them, pray love over them, and pray your sweetness over them in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you, baby.